Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning. It is Sunday, August 6th, 10.09 a.m. M. Dave Schwartz, Pete Nigerian, Charlie Weiss, glad to have you along with us this morning. Uh, it is an interesting day because we're really kind of, Pete, on the on the precipice here of college football, of mm. NFL football. We had the, the NFL um, Hall of Fame inductions last week, this past week, in the Hall of Fame game. Of course, everybody wanted to see Aaron Rodgers. He did not play. Uh, and then we also have Gopher football practice kicking off, I believe, right now down at uh, TC. Uh, excuse me, Huntington Bank Stadium. I will forever get that wrong. Uh, but we kind of kick it off today, Pete, with uh, I, I, I guess I, you could call it a, a dark cloud a little bit for college sports. But at the same time, I'm I'm a little I'll call it a hypocrisy because that's really what I what I believe here. Now now to get you up to speed a total of seven current and former athletes two schools iowa iowa state have uh, they're in some trouble and it involves tampering with records it involves it's some very serious allegations of tampering with records and uh, allegedly wagering on games involving their own teams um and, and it's there's names of people and i'm not necessarily going to get into it you can you can look that up but this is becoming a, a pretty big issue now as we turn the page to the college football season, Pete. And yep. I find I find the NCAA a bit hypocritical. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. A bit hypocritical telling these kids that no matter what they do, they cannot gamble on sports because that's the NCAA rule. And trying to treat them and trying to treat the NCAA as if it's some sort of moral compass of the sport. And let's be honest. We're not there anymore. These kids can get NIL endorsements. They can switch schools as they choose to become free agents, basically. The money is massive. Schools are going for money grabs. And this is essentially now another professional sports league. But they're trying to treat these kids like they're still amateurs. And it's not fair to them. Now, they shouldn't be allowed to gamble on their own games, and I and I – I will stick with that. But the NFL's policy of basically saying don't gamble when you're at the facility and don't gamble on the sport, mm-hmm. uh, but other things are, are, are okay. And I find this hypocritical for the NCAA because they don't want these kids gambling at all, yet they certainly don't have any problem getting in bed with points bet and DraftKings and Superbook Sports and all these other schools and entities that have relationships with these schools and take money from them and have partnerships. But my goodness, don't you gamble on, on sports. <laughs> and I just, to me, 
I think it's time for the NCAA, as they have, and I think they will eventually. You know, we've talked about you know kids taking endorsements and NIL deals and all that stuff, and now it's finally here and happening. And I'm sure at some point in the near future, we're going to get different and, and more clarity on what kids can and can't do because you're not going to stop this, especially when some of these schools are in states where you can gamble. Minnesota, you still cannot legally gamble on sports. But to tell these kids that they can't have any, they can't do anything at all while you're taking money from these companies, to me, boy, that's that's pretty hypocritical. <laughs> I'm shocked that the NCAA is hypocritical. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you're right. I mean, you know, th- th- this whole process over the last couple of years has gotten more and more interesting to me. Uh, you know, we talk about the portal a lot. We talk about NIL and the fact that it's very similar in a lot of ways to uh, the whole crypto world, where there's there's no adult in the room. And it's it's really interesting. Now, the one thing that I think should be an absolute and, and the players, whether they're in the NFL or in college sports of any kind, you can't bet on your own sport. I mean, you, yeah. you, you just can't. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you may think that uh, even though they're in bed with him, Dave, and I, I know exactly what you're saying, there mm-hmm. is something to be said that the guys have to know and the coaches and everybody. There's got to be some sort of a, a program, and I know that they have them, but that these guys have have much more strict rules of everything. And if that was yes. delivered, then these players would be in trouble for, for breaking that. The problem is, I don't think they've delivered that to these guys in the right way. And, you know, this this quarterback down at Iowa State, I won't say his name or whatever, but uh, had a really good year last year. And mm-hmm. under what we're seeing right now, um, it doesn't look like it doesn't look all that uh, sunny for him this coming year. And, it, yeah. and I don't think he's back at camp yet. And I think it's something that, you know, it's going to go over time. But we're talking about at some at some level, we're talking about with the tampering. That's a two year prison sentence. So this is very, yeah. very serious. And these guys have got to get that message out there. Number one to the kids in the right way, I think. And and after doing so, just letting these guys know exactly what some of the ramifications could be. For their actions. And and that would, I think, help a lot. I don't think that the players are, they're still young. I, you know, they're, they're going to do things yeah. they probably shouldn't do. But if they've at least got the guidelines of what they can and can't do, I think that would be far more helpful because I'm not so sure that they've really been delivered to them properly. And let's be honest here, and, and you make a great point about delivering the message to these kids. These are not the only seven kids in college football that have done no. this. No. They're high profile. And it's and and they're they're big schools, and so is that fair to them to be made this poster child, so to speak, of uh, 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 of gambling in college football? Is that fair? Probably not. And is it fair that they're treated differently from other students? Now, there's that's where I'll where I'll draw the line, right? Because you know that I was reading an article and. And and kids say, well, wait a second. Now I can't play fantasy football with my friends or do this or that. No, you can't because you're getting a free college education to play football. <laughs> yeah. And so with that, and, and you're getting all the extras, which is NIL money if you want it, which is dorms, the best dorms on campus, access to nutrition, access to all these things. So this idea that it's not fair to these athletes to not be <laughs> able to do that is is garbage to me. And, yeah. and that's a lame excuse because a kid who is doing biochemistry – uh, can do whatever he wants, but he's not necessarily getting free college, free nutrition, free all this stuff that mm-hmm. you get. And with that comes other stipulations. So, But I agree with you, and, and I think 
I truly think if the NCAA, they have to make a decision and they have to really police it. You can't just trot these seven kids out and make them be the poster child for the bad things about gambling in college football. Mm. And also, you shouldn't have these relationships with these insti- with these betting institutions and then tell kids that you can't bet. They're all now, in the, it for the, the money, the, Dave. Yeah, it is. And the other <laughs> it's side all of that about is, the well, money listen, grab. <laughs> it is. It is the money grab. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about it later when we, when we talk about the realignment. And the, the flip side to that, and I know what people are going to say, is that, well, you know what? They actually... Uh, have all of the you know the beer ads and and a lot of the kids can't drink beer and and so okay I get that, but this is different. Mm-hmm. You're taking money from gambling institutions that you're telling your kids they cannot do anything with, despite the fact that in some of those states it is legal to gamble. It is legal to sports gamble. Now I agree with you. They should not be able to do it on their own games. Absolutely not, or on their own sports. But I do think there's the idea of, hey, I want to play fantasy football for, for college basketball or college baseball, and I'm a, and I'm a college football player. I, I don't necessarily – I think that they're going to have to – they're going to have to grant some leniency to some of these things, or else they're just going to continue to be this giant hypocritical organization. Yeah, I would say this. It is very clear what the what the sports gambling, you know, what what it says that the players can and cannot do. It's not just the players, by the way. It's the athletes, it's coaches, it's staff, it's everybody. Right. I mean, they're prohibited from doing this. But I think that message needs to be delivered loud and clear. And and clearly it has not, because I think you're seeing. You're seeing this not just like you said. It's not just Iowa, Iowa State. I mean, there's a lot more to it, and there's not just seven people, current and former. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of right. a lot of guys out there, and and probably girls too, that are that are doing you know betting and using DraftKings or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So this is something that just has to be a message delivered. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Would love to know what you hear, what you think about this after. Uh, do you think they should allow any gambling in in college sports? Should these kids be allowed to play? fantasy nfl football or fantasy nf uh, mlb and, that, and those kind of things or should they just have to shut it down completely uh should they have rules like they do with the nfl where they can't gamble on their own sport they can't gamble on the facility but as soon as they step off that imaginary line everything is all okay although i have i have uh, issues with that as well uh, give us a call 651-461-9226 you can call us or text us cities one plumbing talk and text line where do you sit on gambling and college sports for the athletes should they be allowed to do it at all we will continue the football talk this morning coming up next dane miduzani from the saint paul pioneer press is going to join us we're going to get an update from vikings camp from him that's coming up next you're listening to the huddle on 830 wcco welcome back to the huddle 10:22 on this Sunday morning, the Vikings play their first preseason game this week against the Seattle Seahawks. What can we expect to see? We bring in Dane Miduzani, who is the beat writer now for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Used to be my hockey guy, but I'm excited we get to have you on for football now, Dane. Good morning. How's it going, Dave? I can still be your hockey guy too. Okay, good, good. Because I have, I, if we have time, I have some hockey questions too. Um, I, I, I want to start with. You know this. I don't want to call it a circus, but there's definitely an an amplified sense of hype around Kirk Cousins, which I imagine he knew was going to be coming uh, with, with the quarterback series and this the contract year for him. 
is there any noticeable difference in how he's carrying himself, how he does things, how he is responding to all the attention that you've been able to see? Or is he truly uh, the kind of guy that, that seems to and has the ability to just kind of shun all this aside? Yeah, I, I think he's – a lot of people have watched that Netflix documentary at this point. He comes across really good in it. Um, I think it was a really good PR decision from him and his team to kind of give people a peek behind that curtain. Uh, but I think it was also just people getting to see who we saw out of Kirk Cousins kind of week in, week out last season. Um, with Mike Zimmer in charge, Kirk Cousins never felt like he was comfortable in his own skin. With Kevin O'Connell in charge, Kirk Cousins kind of felt like he had the latitude. It was his room. And you saw him kind of come out of his shell. Um, so I think you're seeing that now in real time. You saw it in the dock, and you're seeing it in training camp. He's, he's handled himself really well. Um, like you said, contract year, he's been able to block out the noise. Uh, he's done this before in Washington, played on the tag twice. I think that helps too. Um, but it really feels like Kirk Cousins' team, and I don't think it really did early in his, his tenure here. Um, because the coach wasn't behind him. Now that the coach is, um, I think he's really been able to kind of come into his own. Dane, quick question for you about the the game coming up against Seattle. We all know it's preseason game. You're not going to probably see Kirk Cousins. He's probably going to be in street clothes, whatever. But is there are there players that you've been seeing so far that that stand out that you want to see in the game situation to see how they perform? Is there any specific whether they're draft picks or free agents or even maybe somebody who's already been on the team? But are there are there folks out there that you just are, are looking forward to seeing how they have progressed? Yeah, I hope we get to see Jordan Addison um, first round pick. Obviously, um, he's been really really good in camp. He looks the part. Uh, you can just watch receivers sometimes, and, and, and you can tell they're just better than everyone around them. Um, and Jordan Addison kind of feels like a guy who's on the level of, of a Justin Jefferson, just when you watch him run the routes, the precision, the way he accelerates in and out of cuts, uh, just looks a little different than some of the other guys on the team. I hope we get to see him. I'm, I'm not sure we will. I'm not sure we won't. Um, but we, we know Kevin O'Connell is, is really, really careful with, with some of these rookies and some of these you know, bona fide starters that, that are going to play a big role um, in the regular season. So uh, wouldn't be shocked if they just put Jordan Addison in bubble wrap. But if we do get to see him on Thursday, I'm really excited to see how he looks. Um, a couple other guys, Makai Blackman, he was a third-round pick at cornerback. Um, he's a guy who started training camp on the second team defense, has since worked his way into the rotation with the first team defense. I'm excited to see how he looks um, in a game setting. Makai Blackman, he's looked good in, in training camp so far. In a game, um, I think we'll gain a little bit more knowledge of, of who he can be as a player. Um, and then Ivan Pace Jr., he's he's an undrafted free agent who's made a ton of noise in training camp. Middle linebacker, undersized, you know, 5'11", 230. Some people thought he was too small to play in the NFL, and, and he might be. Uh, but watching him in training camp, um, he's already running with the ones. And, and that's really, really notable considering he was an undrafted free agent. So those are the three guys. Um, I think Ivan Pace is, is a guy who has probably the most to gain throughout the preseason out of those three um, just because he's going to get get a lot of reps and, and a lot of chances to kind of show who he is. Um, but there's a ton of guys across the board. And, and you know, Thursday, I, I can't come, can't get here soon enough. <laughs> that is Dane Mizutani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press joining us this morning on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, Dane, 
I'm reading the headlines, Justin Jefferson contract, Justin Jefferson contract, Justin Jefferson contract. Um, this, this is clearly not going to go away until it gets signed. I'm wondering two things. One, uh, when do you think it's going to get signed here? Because I would imagine this is something they don't want to linger on into the season. And two, what, is there any holdup at this point, or is, it just a, is this just a formality? Do they have something pretty close here? Yeah, I think it's something where it'll get done. I keep saying sooner rather than later, and it doesn't get done. <laughs> but I, but I think when you have a guy like Justin Jefferson, who is really affable, who is wanting to be on the field, is, is guaranteeing himself to be on the field, you know, with or without that long-term money commitment, um, it makes it a little easier to, to negotiate in good faith. Um, I think if if Justin was saying I'm, I'm not going to participate in training camp. I'm not playing in, in, you know, in the regular season without this new contract. Yeah, I think it'd already be done. No, but I think the fact that he has been, you know, I guess to cliche, you know, a team player about this, understanding kind of where he he lands in the pecking order, as far as when business deals need to get done, uh, I think it makes it a little easier on Quasi Adolfo Mensa. Um, if 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 Justin Jefferson was holding the Vikings' feet to the fire right now, no, I think he would already have a contract. Um, but I think yeah. he also knows. I'm going to be the highest paid player in the league that doesn't play the quarterback position if I'm just patient. Um, and I think he has kind of a reputation that, you know, a way he wants to carry himself and, and he's stayed true to that. So I don't see any holdup. It's going to get, it's going to get done. The Vikings are not letting this guy get away. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Um, Mensa said it best at the, at the scouting combine way back in February. I don't want to be the GM of the Vikings if Justin Jefferson's not on the team. So if that doesn't give you an indication of how they feel about him, um, I don't know what does. Hey, Dane, real quick. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the, the NFC North, and, and I uh, think that Chicago has made huge strides in the offseason, and, and I think Fields will just be even better. And they did a great job at free agency as well as the draft, giving him what he needed because he had been sacked a lot 55 times last year. So they got him a, a right tackle out of Tennessee, who I think is, is going to be a star player as well. But what about Green Bay? Because Detroit looks to be 
Detroit even, and, and I know everybody's excited about them now, but you've got Jared Goff. If he continues on, they had a great draft. Chicago did a lot of things. But what about Green Bay? Do you think that – does Green Bay have any shot with Jordan Love, or what have you heard there? Yeah, I've heard Jordan Love looks good, but I feel like at this point in training camp across the league, everyone looks good. Oh, this guy looks great. This guy looks great. <laughs> so until Jordan Love does it in a game – um, I'm not going to be sold on him. And I, and until I'm sold on Jordan Love, I can't be sold on the Packers. Um, they are such a, a wild card to me as, as far as the NFC North because I'm not sure anyone really knows what to expect. Um, we, we don't know Green Bay without either Favre or Rodgers. And now Jordan Love is taking the helm under center. And, and look, if he's good – I think the Packers could realistically flirt around with 500 and maybe that sneaks in as a wild card in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he's not, they could be one of the worst teams in the league. So it, it's so variant right now. With, <laughs> and, and a lot of it really hinges on, on Jordan Love. Um, I'm interested to see and, and, and find out because, like I said, we've only known the Packers with Barber Rodgers under center. It'll be fun to see someone else there. Um, but yeah, a huge question mark there in Green Bay right now. And, and we won't know the answer to that question mark um, a, a month, two months into the season. Dane Mizutani, thanks for joining us this morning, man. I hope that you uh, enjoy finally getting to, to football season here. And next time we'll ask you about uh, Philip Gustafson's new contract, okay? <laughs> yeah, anytime, Dave. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Dane. Dane. <laughs> Appreciate it. Dane Mizutani, St. Paul Pioneer Press, uh, on the Vikings beat now. So we'll check in with him, hopefully, as we continue throughout the Vikings season. Take a quick break, and we'll come back and do the fast break. On the other side of this break, you're listening <laughs> to The Huddle on 830 WCCO. Let's hit this segment running and gunning. Time for a fast back and forth with Pete and Dave. We're calling Fast Break on the Huddle. All right. Another let's week. Go. Uh, another another huddle here. Let's uh let's start it off. Uh, who do I have first today? I did I did write down who I wanted. We can go, Dave. Yeah, just, we'll go, Dave. Just flip a coin. We'll go, Dave. We'll go, Dave. It's all good. All right, Dave. Uh, as you've probably seen, I believe I tweeted this at you, Sparks flew last night in the Guardians-White Sox game as a defiant Tim Anderson stood over Jose Ramirez, who took offense that allegedly there was more to this that kind of triggered um, um, the incident and Jose Ramirez fighting. Uh, mm-hmm. Anderson dropped his glove, though, said, let's fight, and then got absolutely rocked. A right hook from Ramirez <laughs> right to the jaw sent yeah. Anderson to the ground. Uh Hanneman uh, of the Guardians had a great call. I, I don't have that on me, but if uh, you guys have that, you, you can look that up. Um, aside from the obvious baseball implications here, guys, uh, Jose Ramirez, Cleveland's best player, is probably going to be suspended for multiple games. Who's to say quite how long? But, I mean, he knocked Anderson out. It was uh, it was quite the fight. It was great. I mean, he just fell like a prize fighter. He did. <laughs> he fell right down, wobbly getting up. They said, the weird thing to me, too, they said at post-game, oh, he wasn't hurt. He, he wasn't hurt in that. We saw him wobble to the dugout. That I don't know what you're talking about. That He got absolutely rocked. Yeah. But my question in regards to this, Dave, is what's your favorite sports fight of all time? Oh, boy. Okay, I'm going to go way back here. And, and I, I think, oh, man, who was the, the pitcher? Uh, it, it was 
Oh gosh, the there's Nolan so many Ryan, good... uh, uh, Ventura headlock. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes, when Rob. So I love the days when it was it was Robin Ventura and Nolan Ryan. Thank you. And I and what didn't didn't Ventura run out and like throw his helmet first? Yep. And then charge him, or am I thinking of a different fight? Uh, I believe there was a thrown helmet. It was a charge of the mound, obviously by yes. Ventura. Yes. So, and I mean, and Nolan Ryan just whipped him. Didn't he? And he was like in his late 40, 30s at that a point. A 42-year-old Nolan Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just remember that was the, the, the charging of the mount, and I don't endorse. I don't endorse fighting. I don't endorse uh, <laughs> fighting in baseball, blah, blah, blah. It's a disclaimer. But a good charge of the mound where, to me, where there's emotion and it's like, you just hit me. You just hit me, and I am going to make you pay for it. Or, you know, to me – I, I guess I understand that as opposed to like sometimes in hockey where it's all right, I'm mad, you're mad, we both got to get our teams fired up, let's go ahead and fight. You know the, those those pre-made, let's do this for our teams. I don't necessarily love that, but when it's in the heat of the moment and and guys are just ticked off and it just escalates, I, I they tend to be more entertaining. So I'll I'll say that one with a with a caveat of all of the years, or at least the year there. That Roger Clemens and Mike Piazza war, and oh, I was yeah. in New York at that time <laughs> when when Piazza uh, got beaned, and you know he he wouldn't fight Clemens. Not that I blame him. Clemens was huge, and as we found out later, was probably enhanced quite a bit. Uh, but anyway, so that, to me, the the the, I, the Nolan Ryan Robin Ventura is the one that I always remember. I'll tell you what, you bring up the Clemens. I thought that was great. You know, just shifting to a different sport even, but that Malice in the Palace was still one of the greatest of oh, all man. time in the NBA. I mean, I know you're younger, Charlie, but... Oh, no, I re- that's, you know, you that remember? is a memory <laughs> that I absolutely have. Great documentary on that on Netflix if you oh, haven't seen it. It is great. And, and you know, it's just... I say great because it's it's entertaining to watch, but it was it's ridiculous, right? As you were saying, Dave. I mean, these fights are just they're they're yeah. crazy. But you know, I think from the the standpoint of you stick with baseball, though. I I love the fact that Roger Clemens was was this big guy that people yeah. they'd stare him down, but boy, they did not want a piece of him. No, <laughs> rightfully <was> so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a big yeah. guy. And I think most of the, most of Major League Baseball knew exactly how he got big, and and that adds to that anger and that yes. ability. <laughs> so oh smart to always avoid guys like that if you can. <laughs> yeah. I remember being at Yankee Stadium. My dad and I went to go see Yankees Mets. I was in graduate school at Syracuse. We drove down because Clemens was pitching, and and we knew. Excuse me, it was at Shea Stadium? Uh, we drove down. Clemens was pitching at Shea, and we knew it was going to be big. Sean Estes was going for the Mets. And and everybody, including Clemens, knew that Sean Estes was going to hit him. And it was going to happen. Like, he had to get hit. <laughs> Estes threw behind him, and then I think he walked him or struck him out. I, I, I don't remember. Uh, but Estes got sent down for not hitting. And, like, he never surfaced again in the Mets organization. Like, that was it. He was supposed to hit Clemens. He didn't. And they're like, see ya. You're out of here. Yeah, that, was his only, that was his only purpose for that. Uh, I, that I, before I move on, I want to make note of how dumb NFL fights are. You're oh, really going to yes. swing at a guy with a helmet on? Yes. You're just going to hurt your Great hand. You, you I'm going to give Great you guys the, the insight into that, though. 
and I learned this very oh, good. quick, yeah, please. very quickly, very please. quickly in the NFL. So I, I was a rookie. Um, I had been at Seattle. I came to Minnesota, and uh, a, a big gentleman named uh, Tim Irwin was an offensive tackle for the Vikings. He did, he was not happy with something I was doing as an outside linebacker, and so he he cheap shotted me. And I and I looked at him and you know had words, and I told him I go look next play it's me and you. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I learned how to. F- fight on the NFL side where so many guys don't learn this to your point, Charlie. So they usually stand there and then you hit the guy in the face mask, right? And you inevitably you hurt your hand. The key to an NFL fight is your left hand. If you're right-handed goes underneath and grabs the face mask, pulls it up. And then you come (laughs) in with an up an uppercut because then you're not going to hurt your hand. And I did that to Tim Irwin. And, uh, He's a, like a judge now somewhere, I think, in Tennessee. But uh, <laughs> So I, I, I don't know how his ruling would go against me, but I think I at least got his respect because I, I went after him after, <laughs> after the previous play. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm hearing most NFL, NFL fights here are, are just a skill issue then because uh, yes. I see far too many people just swinging right at the helmet. Which is so dumb. <laughs> you know, we, there's a video out of this fighting for football with Pete Nigerian. That we could, I, I'm just saying. There's I should a train the player. I should train them during the camp on how to do it. Because I would, I would train them differently. If I were there fighting you or Tim Irwin, my foot would go right between you nowhere, and then I would run as fast as I could for the door. You better run on that. <laughs> I know. It's my only chance. All right. We'll move on here. Long, long first question. Over to you. Back to you, Pete, I should say. Yeah. The U.S. women's national soccer team is out at the World Cup in New Zealand and Australia during the round of 16. They lost at the hands of Sweden, uh, which took the game in a squeaker in uh, penalty shootout. Uh, the last ball barely got over the line. They had to review it. It was anticlimactic. It was just barely over the line. Sweden wins. The U.S. out. Obviously, an incredibly disappointing performance for the U.S. It's the earliest that a defending champion has ever been knocked out, and the earliest the U.S. has been knocked out, I want to say, ever. But if not, it's been a very long time since they have been knocked out. Mm-hmm. Pete, what is your most disappointing team of all time? The team that you thought didn't make it as Ooh. far as they should have any sport. Wow. Oh, man. That's a that, great question. That is a great question. Your I, questions are really, uh, they're they are going in one direction, and they take a complete left turn, and I like yeah, it. Yeah, I yeah, like to it, set it, it up. It, it, it invites a lot of thought. <laughs> um, you know, I, I would actually say one that was very personable to me was uh, was my gopher team when I was the, in 1983. We, were, we ended up being one of the worst teams in the entire country. We won the first game. And lost every game after that. And it was uh, brutal. It was awful. And, you know, as a guy who was a team captain, you know, you have high aspirations for your team. You're hoping your team is, you know, maybe even Rose Bowl bound. And uh, the next thing you know, we're one of the worst teams in the entire country. So that one, that one's is brutal to remember, but, (laughs) but, but that one might be, it might be it for me. Sure. Dave, you got any? Um, I do. I, I was going to say, I think I'm trying to remember which season it was. I believe it was the 2009 Viking season. That was the one where they went to New Orleans and lost to the Saints, mm-hmm. right? Is that, that was, I that believe was that was 2009. 2009, yeah. Yeah, so um, that one really bothered me because I, I really thought that team, which had Brett Favre, Adrian Peterson, uh, one of, if not the best defense since the Purple People Eaters. Yeah. Uh, I, and, and to fall like they did, and we found out later that, you know, they were – going after Favre and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, that that's that happened. But 
I still think they could have won the game. Um, and and to lose on an interception like they did with, and I'll remember it forever because he had Bernard Barry and he tried to for, or he had he could have run for the first down, and he tried to force it into Bernard Barry instead. He got picked off by Tracy Porter, and and the rest is history. I to me, at least in recent memory, that is the most disappointing to me. Is wind chimes there, Dave? Yes, they <laughs> are. A little windy out there. Yes, it's getting windy here in my house. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that that's a good one. I think uh, that, that late 90s Vikings team that went to Atlanta um, as well, uh, that, that's probably up there for a lot of people. We'll move on here back to you, Dave. The NFL inducted their 2023 Hall of Fame class this weekend. Rondé Barber, Don Coriel, Chuck Howley, Joe Klecko, Daryl Rivas, Ken Riley, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, and Demarcus Ware were all inducted into Canton this weekend. Dave, who is not in the literal Hall of Fame, but is in your own personal Hall of Fame in the NFL? In the NFL, who's not in? It's kind of tough because sh- the NFL, yeah. they allow a lot of people in the Hall of Fame, right? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll let's say this because he's not in yet, but I think he will be Adrian Peterson. I, I, I mean, despite sure. what happened off the field, right? I mean, to me, he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer, I think, but some people may remember what happened when he didn't you know off the field some people may try you know for a lot of people they'll remember the downside of his career where he just tried to hang on but in his when he was in his heyday he was the most unstoppable running back of I mean maybe of all time other than Walter Payton or Jim Brown I mean literally Adrian you knew what he was going to do and he could still do it and and he was he was unstoppable, uh, especially that I think it was at wh- whatever the season exact season was that he finished nine yards short uh, of Eric Dickerson's uh, single mm-hmm. season record. And I was there when I, I just remember when he got asked. We were standing right there when he got asked about about not finishing, and he said, oh, "You know, you know." He, he answered it perfectly. You know what? To be in the company and to finish second to him is no lie. Is is no shame in that. Blah blah blah. But to finish nine yards short, I mean, could you imagine? <laughs> Being that close to immortality, not that he's not there, and then never getting there again. He never got back to that, but he fell nine yards short. That would drive me batty. Uh, but to me, he's the one that immediately sticks out that's not in the hall. Yeah, I got but he one. Will be. I got one real quick one for you yeah, guys. Uh, another Viking, and I love Adrian Peterson. You're right, and I think he should be in there. But how about Jim Marshall? How is Jim Marshall not in the really? NFL Hall of Fame? Yeah. How? how I, the guy did absolutely everything you could ever imagine, and somehow, uh, he, and, and you know, he's famous for his play where he runs the ball the wrong way and scores a, a, what what he thinks is a touchdown, but turns into a safety. I mean, and, and he's a great guy. Oh, I, I saw him not too terribly long ago, a couple of years ago at JD Hoyt's having dinner, and just the greatest guy to this day. So I, I don't know how he's not there. No, that's a very that's a good really one. good question. That is it. That is a very good one, Pete. We'll we'll wrap this up pretty quickly here. I saved this one for you, as the Gopher football program begins their summer and fall camp. I thought I'd take a look at where some of the former Gophers are these days. Some of those former players, and I think this may be the most Gophers in the NFL at one time since I can remember. At least I'm sure that there are years where it has been more. But there are 20 players right now on rosters in the NFL that are former Gopher players. Pete, look at this year's Gopher team. Who's going to join them next year? 
Oh, I think uh, there's a cornerback on the team that I watched and thought the world of him. Uh, Wally? Wally? Wally, yes. And he's he's got length, he's got size, he's he's strong. I think he's uh I think he's another one of them and that's one area guys that the that the Gophers have done a really good job with has been in the secondary. And we have quite a few different guys, both linebackers but also mostly secondary guys that are in the NFL right now. And so I I think Wally would be my first uh he he absolutely will be in the NFL next year. I'll I'll add. I think Chris Ottman Bell. I mean that that's an easy one, right? He's what is this? His seventh season now. Honestly, legitimately is his seventh season. Yeah, it's seven uh, with the Gophers. And I think I I, I think he. How good is he going to be? How much is he going to hang on? I don't know, but I do think that he gets he gets there next year. I'll add one more. Uh, Brevin Spanford, uh, our yeah. tight end. I mean, he's big. Yep. He's fast. He's athletic. He's very very good player. And we just need to throw him the ball more. And you and I t- have talked about that because yep. I've always been this tight end leaning guy, but it's because tight ends are always open. <laughs> and and when the quarterbacks figure that out, it's great, but they oftentimes don't. And I, I'm hoping Kelly Manis, if he's the starter, which I believe he's going to be, uh, I think he's got to get him the ball, and I think he will. All right, guys, uh, he's there super, it is. He, and he's super, thank you, Charlie. He's super athletic, too. I'm also... Yeah. Um, as we delve into, well, well, you know what? Let's talk a little go football. We're, we're way behind because we talk too much about fighting in pro sports. Let's take a break. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit of uh, a go for football as well as we wrap up our number one. You're listening to 830 WCCO. Keep them coming on the City's One Plumbing Talk and text line 651-461. Is that right? 651-461-9226. I always miss That's it up. the one. Thank you. Uh, most disappointing Minnesota team ever, 93-94 Gopher men's basketball team with Vishon Leonard declaring for the NBA draft after his junior season. Came back for his senior year, dominated. They were ranked preseason. Then they uh, finished a mediocre 10-8 and in the Big Ten. They lost in the second round of the NCAA tournament. Very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete, we were kind of touching on Gopher football real quick. They start today. One player, give me one player you cannot wait to watch this season. I think our quarterback, Kelly Manis, if he if he yeah. can step up to the plate and, and not throw interceptions and be the guy that I think he can be, uh, I think he's going to be outstanding. But but keep an eye on Cole Kramer if Kelly Manis has any kind of stumble because I keep hearing good things about how he's been looking so far during camp. Yeah, Interesting. Uh, I want to see Quinn Carroll, Edina kid, coming over from Notre Dame. I'm excited to see him and see what he can do. Can't wait for Gopher football season, man. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a break. Hour number two coming up on the other side. You're listening to 830 WCCO. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.